And as the smart ship grew in stature, grace, and hue, in shadowy silent distance grew the iceberg, too. Alien they seemed to be. No mortal eye could see the intimate welding of their later history. Thomas Hardy, from The Convergence of the Twain. And there arrives a lull in the hot race, wherein he doth forever chase that flying and elusive shadow rest. An air of coolness plays upon his face, and an unwanted calm pervades his breast. And then he thinks he knows the hills where his life rose and the sea where it goes. Matthew Arnold from The Buried Life He was baseball. Houston Astros coach Jackie Moore on Mike Coolbaugh. Arkansas, July 22, 2007 The ballpark nestles in a space where bridge and river meet, and none of them is monumental, not the park, nor the bridge, nor the river, nor the cities that the river runs between. In their size lies a certain charm, though to the ambitious and young such smallness can feel like a cage. The bridge serves only its function— with no cables soaring so that you can't help but take in the sky. The ballpark, with its field and stands carved well below street level, sends a message less of civic pride than of unnecessary humility, like a tall woman slouching in the hope of blending in. And after its mighty beginnings in a steep and narrow drop out of the Rocky Mountains 1,500 miles west, after its widening flood across the Great Plains, the river is weakening here, as it readies to meet the mother Mississippi, decorative, a mild buffer between the two cities. The one on the other side announced its size from the start, named as it was by paddling trappers for La Petite Roche, jutting out from the south bank. This one, smaller still, merited no other label but a dismissive North Little Rock, until residents from across the river began coming here to dump their unwanted canines, then everyone started calling it Dogtown. There are two men down on the baseball field. They are small, too, by all measures of a material world, both raised in obscure towns along rivers with names like Susquehanna and Rio Yauco, both gifted but never enough to make it in the urban sprawls where one becomes famous and there's real money to be made. They'd had their chances— but long before this Sunday night, the last had come and gone. The men are what the game calls lifers, which, in its evocation of prisoners doing time, may be cartoonish, but is hardly wrong. Beholden to talents they'd honed since youth, thrilled even now by moments of physical grace not replicable in any other profession, unsure how to begin the next career, they found themselves lodged in the game's minor leagues. There was no escape plan. They counted the years. Seventeen for the coach lying still on the grass. Eleven for the player on his knees, bent double, head buried in his hands. Silence has fallen over the crowd. Some seventeen hundred people struck as still as a forest after sudden snow. Maybe twenty seconds have passed since Tulsa Driller's utilityman Tino Sanchez swung his bat and followed the ball's flight as it curved in a line describing a scimitar blade into the rear of Mike Coolbaugh's neck. 
Maybe fifteen seconds have passed since Tino ran up the first baseline, stood alone over his first base coach, and peered into the face below. Maybe five seconds have passed since Tino, in one motion, stood and pivoted 180 degrees while raising his left arm to signal teammates and manager and trainer that things were bad, worse than anyone could believe, and only stopped rotating when facing the field again, as if trying to draw strength from the geometric patterns that were as familiar now as the layout of a boyhood home. The diamond-shaped base paths, the rectangular dugout, the meticulously set lines fanning down defenses stenciled with the precise number of feet from home plate, the comforting squares and columns and numbers alight on the scoreboard, all of it interlocking into one snug and perfect whole.